Meow, I'm Kat, and you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns with another hot, fresh take on film. Let's dig in. Again, another spoiler-free episode. We are not ruining the plot of any movie, so please enjoy spoiler-free. Okay, let's dig into the bun, hun. Okay, hi bunnies! So, we are back talking about posters again. This week we are talking about book covers and movie posters and the adaptation of books to movies. Of course, we had to bring back our resident bookworm. Hello, Aaliyah! Hello! Thank you for having me back again. Oh, for certainly. Most definitely. Before we get into anything else, you and I just need to say what is on everybody's mind, and that is that the very worst thing that can possibly happen to a book cover is after the movie comes out and they put the book, the poster of the movie on the book cover and they say, like, now in a theater near you. I think there are few things that the greater book community all agrees on more than the fact that movie tie-in book covers are the absolute worst. Well, it calls you out. It's like, I didn't read this book until I saw it was a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and oftentimes, like, I mean, and we'll get into it, but a lot of times, like, the movie poster and the book cover uh, either, like, they'll look really different, and sometimes the movie poster will be a nice poster, but sometimes it totally changes the vibe. People put a lot of work into book covers. Stop changing them. Oh, totally. And I think a lot of times with posters, you find that they favor actors obviously so like the poster will be like tom hanks and it'll just have a big face whereas the book cover is more about like imagery and things that are symbolic in the book and it's not so much about the one character and i like that about books that you can imagine the characters themselves and sometimes book covers can be like photos but a lot of times it's very much up to you the reader's imagination and the book cover can be quite simple so you can construct your own imagery but the poster is like we have to let you know what actor is in this which makes sense you market them in different ways yeah that's what i think too and that's what i found when i was kind of doing research for this episode is a lot of the ones that i where i liked the book cover more it's just because like the book cover can be really illustrated and really yeah beautiful and i just i always love illustrated covers in general so I tend to go in that direction. Yeah, it seems like the book cover sometimes can have more detail than a poster because a poster has to be something you can drive by at a bus stop and still know what you're seeing. It has to be instantly recognizable that you see that advertising and connect it with the movie that you were then going to go pay to see in theaters. But the book cover can have a lot of details that as you read the book, you go, oh, that's why that bird was on front or something. And of course, there's obviously art within movie posters, But I think with a book cover, it's a bit more like what is going to catch someone's eye, but then they're also going to want to hold. Like, you know, if it's got some grotesque image on the front, you may not want to hold it and advertise to everybody that you're reading it. That could also be part of the fun if you want to let people know that your freak flag is flying. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely agree. There there is something fun about... Uh, the Easter eggs on book covers and like figuring it out halfway through when you're reading it. Um, And I do think there's definitely a difference on how to appeal somebody to watch a movie versus appealing to somebody to read a book. So do you have a few book covers you wanted to mention that you really love? Yeah, there are, I mean, there are just a lot of really beautiful book covers, obviously. One of my favorites is Wild Beauty by Anna Marie Mecklemore. 
this is a young adult book and it literally the whole cover is just flowers it's i mean and it's about like a magical garden so it makes sense but it's just stunning it's just covered in flowers with some silhouettes of the characters but it's just i just love that cover a whole lot and some other covers i like i think i may have mentioned these on a different episode i try not to duplicate but it's inevitable um the wayward children series the first book being every heart a doorway those covers are so cool because they're uh there's no characters on them they're really just about like the setting kind of and like the first cover i think is so cool because it's like you're in a forest and it looks like a magical forest and there's just a door standing in the middle of a forest and it's just such a cool image i love that cover a lot with the men the one that you mentioned wild beauty by Anne marie mecklemore she wrote that book that you and i read together when the moon was ours and that was a really cool cover too the there's two sort of teens on the front cover but they're silhouetted but it's really cool because they're silhouetted like in yellow the outline of them and it looks like they're like on a water tower which is totally black and then there's like little moons hung in the sky so that's a very creative cover that's peaceful but also really evokes a lot of mood within you yeah all of Anna Marie Mecklemore's book covers are really beautiful and I think a lot of it's because they write uh mainly magical realism and uh, that really comes across in all of their book covers. But yeah, like all of them are stunning. Oh, beautiful. And thank you for, I forgot uh, to use they pronouns. So thank you for that. Did you want to say any posters that are personal favorites of yours? Yeah. Um, so a couple favorites of mine. I really love movie posters of older movies. So some of my favorites are like the um, Footloose cover, obviously of the original Footloose. And same with like, you know, uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, it's very, like, sepia-toned and Mm -hmm. uh, looks really cool. Um, But I also really love the Moonlight movie poster. I love that poster. I think it's so beautiful with the different colors on uh, the boy's face. I just, I love that poster. Yeah, the Indiana Jones posters are very famous. They're super well done. The Last Crusade. Uh, that poster was always hung in my brother's room throughout childhood, and I think it's now in our basement but we use our basement so we see it all the time um but yeah that's a really beautiful poster as well and those are fun it's more than just like an action poster they seem like an epic action poster and it also kind of gets the point across like there's archaeology it's not just action (laughs) so yeah it it looks like an adventurous archaeologist right it's not like just a pure action film even though you know it's going to be because it's harrison ford but also you still get the archaeologist vibe. <laughs> we should also make a tally for how many times I say the word vibe in this episode. I've already <laughs> noticed I say it way too much. I thought you were going to say how many times you say archaeology. I was like, is that going to come <laughs> up a lot? <laughs> um, I had to edit out the number of times oh, I said something was effective. I had to edit out how many times I said effective because when we were doing the Disney movie posters, I so often was like, it's very effective the way this color is used. And then I was like, if I say effective one more time, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Um, it's a solid word, very descriptive. Yeah, well, it gets the point across because... You have to be effective with your use of art design. So Aaliyah and I are going to mention a few movie posters that are better than the book covers that they're adapted from, as well as vice versa. And then we're going to get into a few of the big movie franchises that are adapted from 
Hunger Games, Divergent, those sorts of popular ones. But before we do that, I was going to mention, I'm not going to link very much in this episode. Normally I give a lot of links to what we're talking about. However, today we're just throwing out a bunch of random posters that we like. There's not like one article that you need to go to. If you want to follow along with us, you can just Google whatever we're talking about. And usually Wikipedia has the poster that we're discussing. But if there's one where like there's quite a few book covers as often is the case we will say we're talking about this version of the book cover and we'll describe it a little bit but the article that is actually going to be in the description if you want to follow along real quick is i'm going to link uh about lolita i wanted to mention something really interesting about um lolita alia have you read this i have not read it i know it's a classic but i haven't gotten to it yeah i it's it's very complicated. Um, it's one that's very difficult to read and can be super triggering as it is uh, pretty much about sexual abuse. But Vladimir Nabokov wrote this in 1955, and then 1962 Kubrick did a film version of this. And this article points something really interesting out, and that is the power of the cover. So the whole thing about like, do you judge a book by its cover? Depending on what cover you choose for Lolita, it can be a very different story. And that was why I wanted to point out this article real quick, because if you have something like the film poster that Kubrick goes with, Lolita is a very seductive character. On the front cover, she's got those heart-shaped glasses. She's sucking a lollipop. It's very sultry, and you see her as the seducer. But you have to keep in mind, as much as the narrator wants you to believe that's the case, she's 12 years old. There is no way to consent when you are 12 years old. And even if you are unintentionally or intentionally flirty, it's still not appropriate and it's still on the adult to be the responsible one and say no. And so in a situation like this where Lolita is an incredible book but is also so complicated and complex, having a cover where Lolita is depicted as a much younger girl that she actually is, you realize how sad this story is and that it's actually a story about a girl being abused. So there's a few examples in here. The ones that I wanted to mention, if you scroll through some of the covers of like, here's how this Lolita redesigned would actually make you blush and make you think instead of being like, oh wow, I'm turned on by her. You would be like, holy cow, that's disturbing. The one that I think is really interesting is three posters down. It's like a wall corner and it looks like the corner of a room. And I had to look at it for quite a while I was like okay it's the corner ceiling there's two pink windows and then there's like a gray ceiling and after a lot of staring I finally realized it's supposed to be like two legs and then the triangle ceiling is like maybe a bikini bottom and oh I had my to gosh, stare. I didn't even see that until you said it. I know, because it takes a while to realize, but some people are going to realize it a lot quicker. And what I think is brilliant about this cover is that there is going to be sexual imagery wherever you look for it. And so if you are saying, oh, that girl's dressing too provocatively, well, why are you sexualizing her? And so I think something like this cover is really good because in normal situation, I would just think, oh, interior design. But because it's Lolita, you have to go, well, why did they go with this? And you have to think and finally you go, oh wow, that's supposed to be sex. That's what that front cover is. That's a woman's like private area. 
And so that cover is very thought-provoking about the piece that you're going to read. I really like, there's one a few down where it's like two beds pulled up next to each other. And it is very realistic. Like the beds are not made. It just looks like a crummy hotel room. And that to me looks like so many of the images that I've seen of like kids who've gotten out of trafficking. And so that really scares you. And it's not so much about Lolita with her red sunglasses being like all cute in the summer sun and so you get more and then the last one I wanted to mention I love this poster so Lolita the 12 year old girl's name is actually Dolores however Hubert Hubert I think that's his name the narrator calls her Lolita because he says he likes the way it rolls off his tongue and so there's six depictions of a mouth here and if you were to spell out what the mouth says the first one is an l like the tongue is up near the uh teeth and so it's l-o-l-i-t-a and that is so it's i don't know it's it's so fascinating the way that he takes her name and gives her a name that makes it more comfortable for him to sexualize her so i'm not going to talk any more about lolita but i wanted to mention the power of the cover because the original lolita cover is just a green book it's just very boring there's not much on it and so you can read whatever you want into it but then i think when you get these kind of posters where lolita's more seductive again it really changes how you feel about that character so that's the power of why we're talking about movie posters this month and why it matters so Aaliyah, jumping now into it uh did you want to talk about a few where you prefer the poster to the original book? Yes, you want to start the other way around? I would love to. Yeah, so when I was looking at this, it, it was really interesting to kind of think about why I would like a poster better, because I think a lot of movie posters will try to actually just actively mimic the, the cover. Like, I think The Hate You Give did a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with, like, Simon versus The Homo Sapiens Agenda, Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Um, and so outside of those, where they, like, pretty much just do the exact same thing as the book cover, there are a couple that I think have really added to the original book cover uh one of these is call me by your name Hmm. uh the original book cover now i think people disliked the original book cover so much because now whenever you even google this it's really hard to find the original book cover unless you say original book cover (laughs) Uh, because it was originally published in 2007 but like everywhere you look, every book has the movie tie-in version. And in this case, I think it improves it. So the original book cover is just, you've got like, it's like kind of split in half, like horizontally. And on the top, it's just like a peach square. Did not intend to say peach, but. <laughs> I was like, okay, they really wanted to feature that peach up front. <laughs> Did not intend is... to say that, um, but it's kind of peach uh, color. And then there's, uh, and then it's just kind of like plain text and then like a black and white photo. I, the picture that you just showed me, Kat, is a little different from another one I saw, but they kind of have the same vibe. Uh, it's like. Because that one's horrible. I found one that's being sold on Amazon and it's like an old man's head. Yeah, no, they're terrible. Like the covers for the original book are terrible. Whereas if you look at the movie poster, it is really stunning in its simplicity, right? Like you've got. Timothy Chalamet and whoever was playing opposite him, I don't know that actor, 
Um, but like they're just kind of sitting there leaning on each other. And like the majority of the poster is just this really stunning blue. Army so, Hammond? Yes. Uh, but like, so the background's just like this really stunning, like Mediterranean blue. And they're just kind of like looking off in the distance, contemplating their taboo relationship, I guess. I just think it's really stunning. And it's, again, like it's just really simple, but I think it kind of gives a lot of the same feelings that are kind of just evoked by the movie it definitely has a bit of an indie feel to it i think uh just because it's like that's it here are the characters there's nothing else to glean from it but that's a lot of just what the movie what the story is about anyway so i actually really love that cover and it's definitely way better than any other book cover i've seen for call me by your name so you're saying that you prefer the poster for the movie than to the original book cover 100%. So, yeah, yeah, this poster is very, like, the perspective is so interesting, where you're looking at them, and they're not quite straight on, which they're not quite straight either, so (laughs) good cover! (laughs) Um, A poster that I prefer very much to the book is Big Fish. I remember seeing this poster when it came out, and I thought it was very interesting. The poster is very fairy tale esque in, like, a dark, creepy, but not unsafe way. Like, you know you're not seeing a horror film, but you know that you're seeing kind of like a grim fairy tale where there's going to be, like, some dark elements. They'll be scary. And so it's, like, the words big fish, and then there's these tree branches coming out of the lettering. I remember seeing a version that had Ewan McGregor and the giant sort of walking in the distance but then when I looked it up today I only saw one character walking in the distance so maybe that's a Mandela effect but anyways that's a very good cover and the original book cover is actually quite interesting but it's not really what the story is about there's like two different covers I found where it's a man riding on a fish which is a lovely story but that seems a bit more folksy And that might fit a bit more with what the original book is, because the book and the movie are actually quite different. But I just think that this movie poster is one that I remember as being, like, a favorite. And the book cover, I'm like, that just seems like a tall tale. (laughs) Like, it's a very different story, and he never rides on the fish. So it's a real letdown. (laughs) Yeah, the original, it kind of, like, gives the, like, the artwork kind of gives me uh, Mr. Toad vibes. I get what you're saying about uh, it looking like a folktale. Another one where I like the movie poster better is uh, the color purple. The color purple has had a whole lot of different colors, uh, colors, covers. <laughs> uh, a lot of times it'll be like just like a white background with purple lettering, the color purple. Can't, I mean, just very straightforward. Or there's one where it looks like that, but then there is like a black and white photo of like a young woman's legs like not like full legs but like kind of like knee down or something like that but what i really love about the movie poster or at least the one that i've seen is it's like kind of in different tones of purple and it's just the main character Celie, kind of silhouetted sitting on a rocking chair and i just think it's such a cool poster i just i love that image and especially since so much of the story is like us kind of walking with Celie through her life and the fact that, like, you know, a lot of times she is kind of contained to her home because of what her life looks like. I just think it's, like, really 
kind of provocative in its own way, but also kind of melancholy because they chose the shades of purple that they did. I just think it really fits the story. Yeah, I've never even seen the movie, and I still recognize the poster. So it's it's definitely one that has stayed in my mind despite not even having seen it. Um, mm-hmm. The poster that I really enjoy, we talk, Molly and I talked about it a bit about this in our first episode of September about posters, but we really like a lot of Tarantino posters. My favorite Tarantino film is Jackie Brown and the Jackie Brown poster is really great. I love that you have the whole cast up there. The color is always effectively used on a Tarantino film. Red, (laughs) yellow, black and white really pops out. The tagline at the top, six players on the trail for half a million in cash. There's only one question, who's playing who? Not the greatest tagline of all time, but at least it really establishes what kind of a movie you're going to see it already establishes the mystery and the tension that sort of thing and the original is based on a book called rum punch and i've seen a few covers but most of them are pretty much just the lettering with the word with like it says rum punch and then there's like a punch bowl in there and so that's not that interesting so i'd say having not a lot to work with like that idea is not going to sell movie tickets <laughs> so i like that they have the whole cast on there and i like that pam greer gets to like have the gun pointing out at the audience which really sets you up to know that like she's in charge and she's a pretty ba woman so that's why i like that movie and i also think this poster's better than what it came from yeah it's a really cool looking poster it's a good movie kind of staying on the black and white theme another one that i really love is the silence of the lambs oh actually that was one that i wrote down where i was like i didn't realize this was from a book but it struck me because of how bad the book cover was it's so bad it's so bad so some covers i've seen will have like the moth it's a moth i think Mm -hmm. not a butterfly um and, like, it'll have the moth, but, like, the whole, like, the really iconic Silence of the Lambs movie poster where it's, like, the black and white uh, face with the moth over the mouth. It's, like, it's so, it's, it's just such a cool image. And, yeah, the book cover is so terrible in comparison. I feel like we kind of forget Silence of the Lambs is from a book because it's a sequel. It's not even, like, the beginning of a series or anything. Silence of the Lambs is actually, like, a sequel in a series. So it's kind of, like, kind of buried in there. Yeah, this one kind of comes up time and time again. Molly and I talked about it when we addressed superior sequels that were better than the first. And then we also talked about it when we were talking about great movie posters because the poster is so cool and the moth has like the skull on it. And then if you look even closer, the skull is actually like women's bodies. So the detail that exists in this poster is just like exquisite. And the book cover is just it looks like any mystery that you would pick up like literally when you go to the library and walk down the mystery aisle they all look like this where it's just like ominous eyes like there's just it's a really basic forgettable cover yeah i agree it definitely looks like yeah any other mass market paperback mystery thriller uh the last one that where i thought that the poster was better than the book cover was holes I actually remember the book cover of Holes pretty well. Like, I didn't even have to look it up. I was like, yeah, I remember it. It's like a cartoon boy's face, and then there's, like, dirt behind him with a shovel. But, it, you know, the book is just so amazing, and the cover doesn't really sell much of it for you. But the Holes movie poster, there's a few different ones, but almost all of them 
it's the cast. They're all kids, teens, wearing orange jumpsuits, looking down into a hole. And so if you know nothing about it, you're kind of interested in, like, why are they wearing jumpsuits? Like, they're kids. Are they in juvie? Like, that's kind of interesting. But also, why, why am I in the hole? So the perspective of us getting to actually be the hole is quite cool. So I really enjoyed that poster. It's such a good poster. Um, old school Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, so then talking about the book cover being better than the poster to give some equality here, I think that this um, Life of Pi book cover is so beautiful. I love this. I remember being a kid, like, too young to actually read the book, but I saw this in my mom's house. There's a few different covers. I'm not talking about the one where it's orange and there's like a lion's head looking at you. I'm talking about the one where it's totally blue and then there's the white boat in the middle and there's the lion and then a little black shadow of a boy in the back. The reason that is so good is because you're not sure what's going to happen here. Like when this boy wakes up or this tiger wakes up, Uh, one of them is going down and it's probably not going to be the one with claws. So that's like, whoa, what is that book about? Whereas the movie poster has a boy and a tiger, but they're kind of standing there both just looking fierce. Like you don't really think they're going to battle. And so the movie poster has more epicness, but much less mystery or intrigue. Yeah, and I love the Life of Pi cover. I I mean, I mentioned this, but illustrated covers are just so beautiful in general but I think like yeah in this case it really does kind of fantastical you don't know if what's happening is real or not and it kind of has that dreamy dreamy feel to it too because of like all of the um, sea creatures that are like swimming under the boat and stuff like that I just yeah it's definitely better whereas the other one it looks like uh, Dev Patel and his pet tiger going on an adventure somewhere. It seems like they're making a movie poster. They're making like a music video together. (laughs) And you're right, the sea creatures, I know they're dolphins, but you're like, are there sharks? Like, that's very much, that's much better mystery than this, uh, this other one here. So, I guess kind of on that, I mean, I would consider Life of Pi a kind of modern classic, so I'm gonna kind of go on that thing. For me, uh, I really like the book covers for A Clockwork Orange Mm. better than the movie poster, which while I was looking around for this episode, apparently a lot of people consider A Clockwork Orange, the movie poster for A Clockwork Orange to be like one of the most iconic movie posters ever. I am, I'm kind of whatever about it for like, for me, it's like, it's the main character being kind of creepy and like, you know, shoving a knife in your face or something like that. (laughs) I'm not really into it. Whereas I really love the book covers, especially the ones that are really colorful and stylized and like geometric, you know, where it's like the guy with like a bowler hat, like the like monocle or something like that, all in like different bright colors. I always think it's so cool. And kind of like how you said that, like you would see Life of Pi on your mom's bookshelf. Like whenever I see like one of these really cool covers for A Clockwork Orange, I'm always so intrigued by it. And even though I know that A Clockwork Orange is not a story I'm particularly interested in, in general, (laughs) I've looked at the synopsis several times because every time I look at this cover, I'm like, ooh, that looks so cool. Like, am I sure I'm not going to like this? And then I have to look at it again. But like the book covers do such a good job of like making me want to look at the story because it kind of looks weird. Like you kind of get an idea of what the chaos of that story is going to be. 
I assumed you were talking about the cute geometric one with like the gear for the eye versus the one where it's uh, a mouth screaming and like fire is coming out the top, which just looks <laughs> like it makes me think of like anger from Inside Out, where like his oh, head's on sure. flames, <laughs> which is what my version of a Clockwork Orange is that cover. And so the one that's where he's got the bowler hat and he's kind of cartoon with no mouth or anything, that almost seems too whimsical for the story that takes place. So I don't know that it properly prepares you for the Maybe story. <laughs> but Maybe it's not, but really like, fun. I've neither read nor seen a Clockwork Orange, and so I'm going to on aesthetics alone. I know for me, because I know that story will not be for me, the idea of it being slightly softer than it's than it probably warranted appeals to me a little bit better. If nothing else, you've enjoyed the book cover, and that is giving value, but... You don't need to go further that into the book. That is enough. That is sufficient. <laughs> yeah. The, ne- the next one I have where I like the book cover better than the movie poster is actually quite strange because it's not really a fair comparison to make. But Molly and I talked about um, after our initial main episode where we talked about great movie posters. We had a mini episode on Friday where we talked about movie posters that kind of spoil the movie. And we talked about how the um, Shawshank Redemption poster has a man free from prison out in the rain. And in a movie where the man is in prison for most of the time, you have to think he's probably going to get out based on this poster. So I'd say the poster is lovely and it's iconic and I certainly have it hung up in my living room so it did something right. That being said, the source material, I didn't know that it was from a Stephen King novel and it's Mm -hmm. four different like short stories about seasons and the name of it is different seasons and so i see why they couldn't use this book cover as the poster for the movie that being said if you look up stephen king different seasons and you go to the wikipedia the first edition cover it's really beautiful there's like this time piece and it has uh four quadrants with like the moon the sun the wind and it's just really beautiful and so i like that cover quite a bit yeah that looks really cool um one that i really liked is uh water for elephants oh okay like being the book cover uh, i really love the book cover of water for elephants i think because it really is just the circus tent and the ringmaster just you can just tell he you can tell he's just walking into the tent about to do whatever he's gonna do. It's You get the idea that it's set at a circus, you're probably going to be following somebody who works at the circus, but you don't know what. Like There is kind of a level of mystery, which if you've uh, read the book or seen the movie, you know there is kind of a mystery element to the story. Like You're not entirely sure what's going on. Whereas the movie poster is just focusing on the romantic leads, which is not what the book is really about. About. Like, I mean, there is, like, a romantic subplot, but that is not, like, the book is not supposed to be about that. Like, and I guess, like, some would argue it is kind of a love story set at a circus, but I always thought that there was way more to it than just that. It was about, like, this kid running away, hopping on a train, and somehow he gets involved with the circus, and then about the relationships he makes, rom- platonic and romantic, with all the people there like it's so much bigger and it's about the circus which is why I really like 
the book cover a lot more. The movie poster looks like it's Moulin Rouge or something, and I don't yeah. think of this as like a great love story. And I don't like when things that are not 100% love stories are like marketed that way because it kind of takes away from it. Like we were talking about Harold and Maud poster paints it as like a romance. Like they're like, this is Harold's girlfriend. And you're like, that's not really the point of the movie. So I don't like when that gets pushed up front. Oh, I really liked, I saw an early movie screening of, um, I think the movie ended up being called Long Shot, but when I saw it, it was called Flarsky. So it's Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, and when I saw it, I was like, they're definitely not gonna get together. That's not what this movie is. They're just good buddies, which is probably how most people who are not LGBT <laughs> watch LGBT films, when they're like, look at these gal pals. <laughs> but for me, I was- Good friends. <laughs> good friends but I was like this is so sweet I love this story of platonic love and people being there for their friends and then I was like oh like they kiss halfway through well that was a surprise what a natural progression of falling in love how nice but if you had seen the advertisement before you saw the film you would be like oh it's a love story so you'd be waiting for them to get together and that really takes away from it so I would agree that Water for Elephants is much more than that and I like the book cover as well yeah I mean like in the movie poster it hardly has an elephant on it like it's just like in the corner (laughs) it's literally called water for elephants the elephant should be front and center more elephants please we need more elephants I wanted to mention there's a ton of different ones you can look at but just type in Moby Dick book cover And they're so beautiful. All these different book covers are awesome. There's one that's particularly exciting where it's like an illustration of a whale and it's all in green and then the water is like yellow and he's taking the boat down into the water with him. And then there's some that are very Jaws-esque, which of course Moby Dick came first. So because Jaws, as we said at the beginning of this month, is kind of like the most iconic, famous poster of all time, I think it owes quite a deal to these Moby Dick book covers. There's some really cool stuff where like the boat is up at surface level and you have the giant whale coming up towards it. And so that sort of Leviathan rising from the depths is such a cool cover. And there's been a ton of different Moby Dick type movies recently uh, in 2015 Ron Howard Ronnie Howard did In the Heart of the Sea which is not exactly Moby Dick but it's based on the true event that inspired Moby Dick anyways I don't I'm not crazy about this poster it's like a whale's eye and a man swimming up to it but you kind of can't tell what even this eye is. It's neither ominous nor mysterious. It's just okay. Yeah, the Moby Dick covers are gorgeous. I think people really go all out. There's so, I think there's something about having a great white wall of whale. <laughs> um, yeah, those are they're stunning. And I feel like this is almost a throwaway one. Okay. Uh, most people are probably going to agree. The Great Gatsby is so it's so much better as a book cover and this is coming from somebody who doesn't even like the great gatsby like i just i don't like the great gatsby i'm not a fan i've never been a fan however i don't think anybody can argue that the book cover is freaking iconic you know you've got the dark blue with the eyes from the boat from the billboard on it with the cityscape at the bottom like still kind of gives you the idea of opulence but 
opulence. Oh. You own everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, they say that in Drag Race. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but I mean, so like it gives the image of opulence, but also like you can tell that there's something under the surface. Like it has a kind of an eerie. Uh, maybe ominous, so just something where, like, you know, like, not everything is as it seems. And maybe it's because there's the face from the billboard just there staring at you like it's staring at Gatsby, but you get an idea that there's more than just what's on the surface level here. Whereas then you look at any great Gatsby uh, adaptation, and, like, you know, if I'm thinking of the Leo DiCaprio one, it literally is just all full-on, like, gold and black, roaring 20s. It looks like a big party movie set in the 1920s but you get none of the nuance of the story from a poster like that the only thing i appreciate about the great gatsby is the <laughs> fact that it is so steeped in symbolism and stuff like i mean i hate most things about the great gatsby but like i appreciate it's like deep symbolism and stuff like that and all of that is erased in a movie poster like that it literally just looks like leo uh, and then a bunch of people wearing flapper dresses and, you know, hanging out, drinking all the time. It looks like and an advertisement for the 1920s. <laughs> Come to our 20s that. party. So, I mean, I don't know many people who would disagree because, again, that's just, it's, regardless of if you like the book, it is a really cool cover. We read Gatsby my sophomore year of high school, and I remember my teacher spending as long talking about the book as she did just the cover. <laughs> like, there was so much of our class time spent on, like, this movie, or this book cover. And I was like, okay, we get it, we get it. <laughs> um, it's pretty neat, though. Uh, okay, I wanted to mention one last thing before we hop into some of the more famous uh, movie book franchises, and that is that I need to make, I don't know if an apology or just a clarification, but I railed against the social network movie poster um, on the first episode with Molly, and I was like, what is this? It's just Jesse Eisenberg's face with text over it. Like, this does not make me want to go see it. And I wanted to mention that in my research for this episode, I learned that there was a book first about the social network, something about being a billionaire. I don't, I don't know. But that book cover is the same as the movie poster. And so I don't know if the book cover came first and it was really popular, so they marketed it the same way. But I need to say that I now hate the movie poster pretty much the same, <laughs> but at least I understand why they did it. So I wanted to mention that. Um, also in my research, I found, I rem was reminded that Breakfast at Tiffany's is a Truman Capote story, and I had forgotten that it was a book first. So there's a few interesting Breakfast at Tiffany book covers, um, but there was one really horrible one that just made it look like a beach read, and I was like, that is not what Truman Capote intended. <laughs> and then I also learned that there's a Metropolis book uh, Molly talked about how much she loves the Metropolis poster, and I was like, I didn't realize it was a book, but apparently the book was, like, written for the movie, so take that as you will, but uh, Lee and I wanted to mention a few famous book series, mostly I think we're pretty much just talking about YA book series that have been made into movie franchises recently, so let's start with, how about Divergent? So anyone who's not familiar, which you probably are, but just for your, just for a refresher, the Divergent book covers all have these sort of circles with um, 
like background landscape behind it and the circles like the first one the circles on fire and then there's some where the circle is like very green so there's just the same cover for all of them with different color palettes and then the movie posters are pretty much ensemble cast it's like big pictures of the people who are going the actors who are going to be in the movie yeah this is one I mean I definitely prefer the book covers over the movie posters here and I think it's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning where like I mean the book covers don't exactly give a whole lot about the book except for you know the big the symbols on the front are supposed to be some of the symbols of one of the five different factions that take that are like really prominent in the story right whereas yeah the movie posters are just kind of like these dark teen action movie movie posters that are I don't know. I don't think they're very special. Yeah, the posters for the movie look quite a bit like Mission Impossible or something. Like, it really only tells you action. They're in tank tops. Whereas the book (laughs) gives a lot more mystery. And even the tagline, like, one choice can transform you. That's quite interesting. And I like that all the books, the same way the Twilight ones, hate them or love them, you can identify easily, oh, that's a Twilight book or a Divergent book just by looking at it because it has the same uh, sort of symbol on the front. So I think that it's quite nice, these book covers. I much prefer them. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Also, the movie posters don't give you an idea that it it is like a sci-fi dystopia. It does look like Teenage Mission Impossible, so (laughs) not not quite the same. Teenage Mission Impossible. That was probably the elevator sales pitch that they used. (laughs) Um, So since I mentioned Twilight, we can go to that next. I know I've had a lot of guests on here who have hated on Twilight. Pretty much, like, all of my guests have at some point said some sort of Twilight hate. I have no Twilight hate in my heart. I'm not a Twihard, but I certainly am not a big hater. I'm, I'm just happy for people to have read something. But I will say that the posters are pretty bad, and I know they're infamous for really bad Photoshop jobs, like strangely sized necks or disproportionate arms and stuff so they're pretty bad as well as I know the last one really amps up the big fight at the end and I don't want to give anything away but I will say that really wasn't a pivotal part of the story I love the book covers they're all black and then they have white and red so white hands holding a red apple or a white and red flower or a white chess piece or red ribbon yeah i actually really love the twilight book covers i was never a huge twilight fan i read the first one and i wasn't really impressed but i I was never like a a hater or anything like i just didn't really care (laughs) that much but i mean yeah i think i really love the book covers now this is not to include midnight sun we don't (laughs) talk about the midnight sun cover because i do but that's it's like a pomegranate being eaten it looks like there's maggots involved I think it's just a pomegranate, but it just it looks really provocative. Uh, <laughs> you think it's too Georgia O'Keeffe here? Yeah, like and so yeah. I just I think every whenever anybody saw it, everybody's just like, uh, that was a choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the original four book series. You and I have a mutual friend who we won't call out and embarrass, but she definitely decorated her college apartment in the theme of the books. There was definitely all the furniture was white and red and black. And so, um, yeah, that was very influential for some people. 
Um, I liked it. I thought it was a really classy look on this person's apartment. And also, I like these covers. They're memorable. You're not going to forget them. But you're also not going to look and instantly go vampire, which is kind of fun. Because in the first book, it's not immediately obvious what's going on with Edward. He's just an awkward, strange boy. And so, He's you know. very pale. Yeah. I'm not I'm still not sure it's a book about vampires it's just uh, the awkwardness of youth Hunger Games you know I think that like I do really like the original Hunger Games covers they've created like these new ones that are like neon pink and stuff and they're terrible but uh the original Hunger Games book covers I like but I also think they actually did a decent job with the movie posters especially the ones that like just have Katniss on there like it'll just be Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss and you know the what whichever hunger games uh mocking jay symbol is in the background kind of on fire and then like her kind of standing there like i actually think that those are pretty good and decent movie posters too like it's it's not like it's giving anything away it's not too crowded you know who it's about but it still kind of honors the original book cover too so i actually like both of them i yeah, I, I agreed. I thought these posters for the movie were the best of the YA series that we saw adapted because they actually use the little Mockingjay symbol, as you mentioned. Yeah, I guess the book cover itself, I don't remember what was written first. I thought Hunger Games was written before Divergent, but I don't remember. Um, but I do think that it's kind of a simple book cover. It gets the point across and I like it, but it hardly is quite as memorable as like the Twilight ones are really striking because it's so minimalist and the Hunger Games book covers, they're good, but you know, they could be replaced with a ton of different things and still get the message across. And so I I think that these posters are like, you do have to say Jennifer Lawrence is in it so that people who are not familiar with the product already of Hunger Games the book will go see it. And so I think they did it without being like, look at all these actors that are in it. Because they very easily could have picked from a number of famous actors that they have in it. And so I think they did quite a good job. Yeah, I'm really glad that it didn't turn into one of those, like, huge cast movie posters. Yeah. I, I really like those covers or, and posters, all of the above. So the last one that we're going to end on, which we're not going to go super in-depth because I know people have been asking me to do a whole podcast about this specifically, but let's just touch real quick on the Harry Potter posters, books versus movie. And this is a bit difficult because there are so many different book covers, and uh, my mom originally ordered the first Harry Potter from England, so I know our book cover was a little different than everyone else's, but we're talking about the prevailing book cover, the main one when you Google it, that is sketched in versus these movie posters of little Daniel Radcliffe going through uh, young adulthood into being the man that he now is. Daniel Radcliffe going through it. Going through it. He's really going through it. Oh, it's so cute watching them all age. Now, I also grew up with those covers with like, yeah, the original uh, illustrated ones. And I, maybe it's nostalgia, but I really love those covers. And I think that they do a really good job it's like it's very fantastical and youthful and there's a lot of color and like you know the further you get along in the series you can tell there's a it's a bit darker and you've got like prominent color and like all of that stuff right the movie posters i don't i love the one for the very first one for sorcerer's stone i love that uh movie poster i think it's great the rest 
Mm-hmm. The problem I have with the Harry Potter movie posters is they all look so similar yep. that if you did not know, if, like if you couldn't tell the difference in their age and you didn't know the order that the movies are supposed to be in, it would be difficult to be able to know which one is which. Like if the title wasn't on there because they're all the same dark thing. We've got Harry and Ron and Hermione usually maybe... Dobby will be on there or something, right? <laughs> but you know, you've got the golden trio on the cover, all in various action poses. With like, it's like they ha- all have the same filter on them, and it's just really hard to tell them apart. No, you're absolutely right. The last ones get very photoshoppy, where it's just like, look at this moody poster of attractive celebrities but yeah it doesn't tell quite the story when i looked up the movie posters again i was like oh they're not as bad as i thought and then i was like oh wait i'm just looking at the first one the first one is fun the first one is like really so fun i i I know i use the word whimsical a lot but it's like this sweet adventure kind of fairy tale story where you're like oh something epic is gonna happen and but it still conveys like this is a kid's movie probably because there's a kid on it but I think that's really fun and I would kind of be nervous as a parent taking my kids to some of the later posters because the posters are so dark and I know the movies get quite dark but as you mentioned the books still are fun and I really love the cover for uh, Half-Blood Prince which is maybe the second to last one Mm -hmm. and it's like this very cool green eerie sorcerer color I think that's so awesome so I I love the Harry growing up throughout the book covers, but you still see him, like, quite young even at the end. Like, you get that he's a teen, whereas the the movie posters, they age quite a bit. Yeah, the first movie poster is kind of a standout. I don't know. I want to rent it. <laughs> like, I see it, and I'm like, yeah, I would rent that for movie night and make popcorn with my family. But the other ones, I'm kind of like, uh, that's something I have to sit through. <laughs> I, yeah, there's a lot of color to it, and it looks kind of like your old-fashioned fantasy movie. You know, like, even, like, one of those old cartoon fantasy movies that we would watch, like, in the 90s, right? More elephants on the cover, please. More elephants. Where are they? The pause in your sentence when you were like, it's an old-fashioned fantasy movie. I was like, just your old-fashioned fantasy. <laughs> like, I was imagining, like, someone on one of those penny-farthing bicycles, like those old-timey bicycles with, like, Newsies pants on and, like, you know, one of those old-timey top hats being like, hello there. <laughs> My old-timey fantasy. You want to go get ice cream for a nickel? I'll treat. (laughs) Oh, an old-timey fantasy movie. Okay, yeah, no, no, got it. Yeah, I'm not sure where where that pause was going with with that pause. Great. Well, hey, I think that's what we have today about books. There's not going to be any bonus this Friday. All month long, we're doing bonus episodes on Friday. We're not going to do one this week just to give you guys a break to catch up. Cool. We will see you guys next Friday for the very last poster episode where my friend Tyler and I are talking about horror film posters. <laughs> to get you in the mood for uh, Halloween October. Great. Uh, thanks for your time today, Aaliyah. It was a pleasure as always. You are a joy. Um, great. Thanks to everyone for listening. See you guys next Monday. Bye.